0: Everybody out there in podcast listening (laughs) land, it's Diminishing Returns! Hello! (laughs) Uh, Welcome to the show. Uh, There's no reason, there's no logic behind that intro, if you're looking for a a joke. Um, Today, we've got the old gang back together. Hello, I'm Alan. Over there is Sol. Hello. And uh, as always, not always anymore, but as usual, it's Calvin Dyson. Hello. Calvin, why are you back? We must be doing a film that you like. Well, well, hmm. (laughs) we're doing a
1: a franchise that I think I like a bit these days. Uh, I probably dislike more than I like now, but um, (laughs) Star Wars. We talked about this one in... In some detail a couple of years ago, didn't we, on our uh, review of yeah. the year, I think. And we I think did. we ended up talking about it probably more than any other film. Well we in we that did half of yeah. We did a
0: Star Wars episode leading up to the release of the film. So obviously we did a review yes. of the film in our review of the year, so this is end of twenty seventeen. I went back and yeah. listened to that today. That did- episode. Well not the full episode, I just listened to the Star Wars bit. Hmm. I remember it got a bit heated. Uh, well, it was mostly us like going, okay, let's not talk about that because we'll do a full review sometime. <laughs> but no, we didn't get heated particularly. But <laughs> um, I do uh, specifically. Calvin was still undecided about the film. He'd seen it quite recently; he'd only seen it once, and he couldn't mm. put his finger on how he felt about it. Sol said it was the best Star Wars film ever, which was a seven out of <laughs> <10. laughs> and I said it yeah. was yeah. just yet another Star Wars film, and I didn't care.
2: I think Alan's was the most baffling reaction, to be perfectly honest, because this is, like it or not, this is, I'd say, the most polarizing Star Wars film that sparked the most uh, significant diversion in, in, in opinion uh, mm. among people, and the fact that Alan's like, yeah, it's just more of the same fucking same old whatever. <laughs> well, this yeah, is quite the baffling, because it...
0: Well, this is kind of a problem for me, and it's going to come up in this episode, because I rewatched it today and it definitely was worse for me without the context of having recently seen the previous film and seeing it in the cinema and that experience just watching it on on the laptop here it was it was um definitely a bit more lackluster and i was more negative towards it uh have have you guys seen it again since i since two years ago i presume you have
1: yeah, I think I've seen I I watched it um yesterday actually for this recording which mm-hmm. is actually I think the fourth time I've seen oh it since God. it came out.
0: The the idea <laughs> of watching this film four times really fills me with dread. And it's not even that bad, just I I, uh, I don't know, I can't think of any film I've watched four times. <laughs> <laughs> Fargo. <laughs> uh, Big Mama's House too. <laughs> oh, <of> course, yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, Alan, I'll tell you why I've seen it four times. Well, you listen to the old show, so you'll know that when I first saw it, I was very much, I I, I came out of the cinema disappointed and I was having issue articulating sort of like why and Mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot of stuff that didn't sit right with me and it was, uh, there was a lot of backlash at the time that was very unfair and very much based on gender and race and people perceiving political messages in there that may or may not have been in there. So I I felt bad for dogging on it for that
2: purpose. I think there was also a big um, backlash, largely just because people don't like not getting their way almost. A lot of it just felt like we kind of had an idea of what this was going to be in our head and it wasn't Mm. that at all. It was decidedly not that on purpose and we didn't like... The change scares us. I, don't well, know. <laughs> I,
1: I think that there's some validity in that criticism and a lot of my uh, opinions are gonna be sort of based around sort of like the it, it's hard to just talk about this as a film because it is part of a broader franchise strategy and the film is very meta in some places, I think. Mm, it's like it is mm. speaking to fans. Um I'm mm. sure we'll get into it in a bit more detail. Um but I've had to see it like four times just to kind of make up my mind about it. Um to- And yeah, I guess we'll talk a bit more about why. How do you want to structure this? Shall we just go through the film or should we just talk about it broadly? Um, I
0: think there's enough going on in the film that we can do it sort of bit by bit, like chapter by chapter, so to speak. Yeah. So, I mean, I started off, I watched like, I got about seven minutes in and I was like, I have no idea what's going on. And I had to go to Wikipedia and read (laughs) the plot of the previous film because I couldn't remember. (laughs) How hard is it to follow spaceship, blow up,
2: spaceship, boom...
0: Well, exactly. Yeah. So I was trying not- to. Well, I was basically. I was like, "Who the fuck is Kylo Ren? Like, who are his parents? I, I've forgotten <laughs> all that." <laughs> and we, but that, and obviously that's like the major thing. It's like you, that should give you an indication of how engaged I am in the Star Wars universe. And this is why I'm. I'm, I'm going to try and not be too negative because I don't think I was in the right mood when I watched this film because. My first note was: God, I hate fantasy films. I hate their stupid made-up mythology and history. I hate all the stupid names. I hate the orcs. Go and save the princess. And I hate their stupid orcs. kind of primitive but kind of futuristic technology. <laughs> but, um, so did you yeah, watch Lord I, of
1: the Rings instead. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, th- this is I, I went off on a bit of a because I
2: I kind of agree with you, but this film is this film is like. Deconstructing those things that you're complaining about and is it holding them up to scrutiny? But the, it, of... it
0: was just, it was like the opening, it was literally the opening crawl, and it was like, Oh, this planet has done this, and it was like, Oh, fuck, the Empire and re- rebels, and it was like, Oh, for well, fuck's sake, I just can't be I think bothered. It's
1: very easy. It's <laughs> there's the rebellion, well, no, sorry, it's not the rebellion anymore, it's the resistance, and instead of the Empire, we have the First Order, and it's basically Nazis versus rebels. Um, and it's a bit jarring because the previous film ended with the goodies like blowing up an entire planet that the bad guys had inhabited and changed into a into a giant weapon. So it's weird to start this one where they're on like, oh god, that what's left of the resistance is. And it was like, whoa, whoa! I thought in the last film the First Order was, if anything, a minority in this galaxy. Um, but now they want to position it the other way around and the First Order is all ruling and the film literally begins with the Rebels, uh, Resistance, sorry leaving their base and the First Order blow it up and we we start with some very awkward humour that feels very unlike Star Wars to me. Yeah. Hi, I'm holding for General Hux. This is Hux. You and your friends are doomed. We will wipe your filth from the galaxy.
0: Okay, I'll hold. Hello? Hello? Yep. I'm still here.
1: Can you? Can he hear me? Hogs? He can. With an H. Skinny guy. Kind of pasty.
2: I can hear you. Can you hear
0: me? Look, I can't hold forever. If you reach him, tell him Leia has an urgent message for him.
2: I believe he's tooling
1: with you, sir. About his mother.
2: I will I will give this uh criticism. I will I will succeed not what's the word? Not concede this uh that this is a valid criticism. This mm. humour in this film at uh, multiple points, not not many, two or three moments feel very un
0: Star Wars. Mm. Um That's it. I think I think the moments in themselves do work, but it's not yeah, justified in the film, bad, do you know what I mean? It's say. like and like having the character that character do that. Like prank phone call at the beginning, it's actually totally plot relevant. He's stalling for time, and and, and it's doing it mm. in a kind of funny way. But then, is that that certainly in this film that character doesn't particularly come across as a sort of fun like Han Solo type, w- w- like that sort of thing he would have done. Mm.
2: Well, yeah, he was written very much in the Force Awakens as a vague Han
0: Solo. Not I know Han he's po, supposed to be, but he's not funny, is he? Is he funny in Force Awakens?
1: In, in The Force Awakens, he's a bit more of like a glowing star of the um, Resistance, and he's like, oh, Ace, fighter pilot, and all this kind of stuff. Mm. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't know if he has much sense of humour. John Boyega's more the funny one. In- yeah, if yeah. John Boyega
0: had done that, I think it would have just, like, I wouldn't have yeah. even twitched a, an eyelash.
2: I yeah. I think the moment, I think the reason I find it so jarring is that um, it, it just feels like... There's a weird juxtaposition between the real world and the Star Wars universe. It's kind of hard to imagine that there are call centers in the Star Wars yeah. world yeah. and people being put through on the phone. Yeah, but then yeah, you know, yeah, they, they did go to, to yeah. But then they did go to you know Jax's diner or whatever it's called in Star Wars Episode Two, and mm-hmm. there are all these little things I forget about that are like analogous to the real world in Star mm-hmm. Wars. So it. it and and you know and I I always forget that moment in the in the first Star Wars as well where Han Solo's on the the intercom and they're like uh you know what what's what's going on up there and he's like oh nothing uh uh, uh how how are you and it's like that's mm-hmm. a really weird moment of humor that's quite comparable but there's just something mm. about it here that jumps out at you and I mm. Yeah. I will
1: say, I, I don't like um, Domhnall Gleeson. I, I I like the actor. I've seen him in other things. I hate him in yeah. this role. Well, I, I again, I despised
2: him in The Force Awakens, if you remember our episode mm. there. I thought he was embarrassing, like one of the worst performances. I think I might have said it was the worst performance I'd ever seen in a film. <laughs> um, I've mm. since seen him in other things and, and thought, yeah, he's okay. I don't mind him at all. He's all right. Mm. So I, I do buy your theory that jj abrams was using the worst takes for every single scene Mm. i (laughs) i like him a lot more here i i feel like this film did the best inheriting a a shit character it kind of gave him purpose as a comedic punching bag um a a kind of buffoon figure i think it uses him quite well i'm still not Mm. a huge fan of him but I think it's a yeah. hell of a lot better than, than he was handled in the previous film, certainly. And I think his performance is much better here as well. It's not quite as ridiculous. It's, it's still a bit yeah.
1: over the top, but... I think it helps with that character as well. In this one they give him some makeup, so they give him, like, sort of sunken mm. eyes and his hair's a bit greasier. Like, yeah. in The Force Awakens he's just a little bit too baby-faced and, yeah, I yeah. think... The funny thing is, like, I we're gonna get into more of the cast, mm. like, I think for the large part, like, J.J. J. Abrams doesn't direct people very well. Like I think like Carrie mm. Fisher, who is serviceable in The Force Awakens, gives a good, very good performance in this film. Um mm. I think Daisy Ridley is worse in this film than
0: Oh Daisy the Force Ridley. Can just now you brought it up. Daisy Ridley is terrible in this film. I can't remember how she is in The Force Awakens, but <laughs> she's awful in this. It's like every line is just like we are going to go and find the thing. You have to come and join this thing. Master Skywalker, we need you to bring the Jedi back because Kylo Ren
1: is strong with the dark side of the Force.
0: Without the Jedi, we won't stand a chance against him. It's Mm. like this really kind of... But it feels badly directed. It feels like no one's told her what emotion she's supposed to be feeling and they've just handed her a script.
1: I
2: think she was... Pretty similar to that in the first one. She
0: just
1: well, I think shit, in the first exactly. film she had more opportunity for range. Like yeah. we saw her by yeah, herself, she had yeah. opportunity for humor. Whereas here she is just very much. She spends half the film trying to get yeah. Luke to come with her to do this thing, and then the other half trying to get Kylo yeah. to do this thing. And then it's. I like, like, oh, tell you what, though, up. when
0: when, when mm. she's like having to have a bit of an emotion and all, that like having a moment with Kylo Ren and all that, I, I think that all that works. It's just whenever she speaks, it's like awful. Mm. So maybe she's just not very good at talking.
2: Yeah, I, mm. I, I love the um the interplay between her and Kylo Ren in this film.
1: It's fine, I guess. But anyway, I love it. Let's stick to talking about the start of the film because there's an awful lot that happens here, um, because the Resistance are having a big space battle with the First Order and an mm. important plot point comes up here that Poe Dameron does his thing, he uploads whatever he's uploading, and then Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher's back, um, orders him to come back, and he defies her and has all these bombers come in to take down this this particular ship that they call it a dreadnought. Um, it's one of many ships, but I guess they fi- he figures it's going to be a significant victory to take this thing out. Many people mm. die <laughs> for him to take this thing down, <laughs> um, including one figure who becomes um, a bit more important later on, um, a character. Mm. But uh, it does establish him as being a complete dick right up front. Which is at odds with his sort of swashbuckling character who I think he played in the first film. This one, is he's going to spend most of the film defying people who have more sense than he does. And I guess that's his arc. Hmm. But it's yeah. just when he's well, supposed the, to be well, one of the stars, it's um,
0: difficult. So, Poe, the problem with it, in terms of a character arc, is, yeah, he does this bombing raid thing at the beginning and then, you know, loads of people die. And it's like the message is, you're not seeing the bigger picture. And these higher-ups know what they're doing. But then he just does the same again for the whole film. He doesn't learn from that. He does exactly the same thing, but it's just handled. No, he 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 does the same thing and then learns. Like
2: it's set up like who are these authority figures trying to tell us they know better than us? You know, it, it's he's set up as this kind of rebellious you know rat scallion, and then um, but then he does learn at the end, doesn't he? He kind of sees oh shit, they were they were right, and I've been fighting a a stupid fight
0: <laughs> but no well no because the, the problem with that is that that it's not an arc it's just he's one way and then right at the end he changes or we think he might change and but the the problem with it is that that all that plot hangs on the fact that he's going up to uh, Laura Dern and and going oh you haven't got a plan you're, you're gonna kill us all what are you doing and instead of her just going no we're gonna go to that planet over there in the in the shuttles because mm. they can't monitor them but it's not set up like she doesn't even respect him. So she's like, "Why am I talking to this pleb? Why am I going to give well, yeah, him any that's, information?"
2: That's what I took it out. Yeah, but
0: that he is the star fighter guy, and she, she's—it's just not good. Oh, he's been demoted. He's—he's he's, you
2: know. He's, he's,
0: but okay, well, she's not a good leader then, is she? Because by he's her by not not handling her her people effectively, she sowed the mm. seeds of treason and uh, mutiny. That
1: I, was... I quite agree.
0: It feels just like bad writing in the sense of like this whole plot line could be wrapped up like in 12 seconds of dialogue. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. Oh, cool. Good plan. Let's do that. And it just feels like we have to accept that these characters are idiots to make this work. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like yeah. that.
1: I, I I agree. Yeah. I think we're, we're skipping a bit ahead here, but I think it'd probably be helpful if we sort of structured this discussion. Like, maybe we'll talk about all the stuff that happens on the Resistance yeah. ships and all this stuff, and then we'll talk about Ray and Luke, yeah, and then yeah, what yeah. happens on the final planet. I think, yeah, there, if we there's can...
0: There's three storylines here.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, because a lot of what I want to say about Poe is kind of, like, all over the film as well. Yeah, okay. Um, And just because um, you brought up Laura Dern's character, I, I do agree. Like, they try to sell her as a villain from the off like she's being sarcastic with him and yeah. he's the character that we know from the previous film we've never seen her before so that you know the music is playing this sort of like sinister undertone so you kind of do buy him <laughs> like i think he's making sort of quite valid decisions like why would he think that you know she's making a, a good decision when she's just not telling him this thing that she's uh planning on doing yeah. um it's and and I, I it bothers me that she's here like I like Laura Dern and I don't dislike this character but the fact that they kill off um, Admiral Akbar in the film and <laughs> this should be him like the, it, it would be so much better if it was him but the film I mean the, the, one of the things that annoys me about this film is that if you're not a human it doesn't really care <laughs> yes. and the aliens and the mm. robots aren't characters they are literally just Either brought in for a gag or a prop to Extras. do something, and that bothers me.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I I think that I think that Admiral Akbar's death's meant to be a real moment of like, you know, emotional punch. We've lost someone significant. So then they should have showed him. Um, like, it doesn't really work for me. But it, 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 I think the intention is, oh, this is a real, you know, this is one of your original trilogy characters, and he's gone, and and. It's it's like that it's like that bit in Les Miserables when uh, when they're like he is the first to fall about some guy that you like I don't give a shit about <laughs> some guy got killed and it sparks the whole thing off it's like well I don't care there's a really sad he's not um, Jean Valjean is he so
1: there's a really sad interview on YouTube where they talk about like uh, the guy I believe his name is. Tim Rose, who is in the Admiral Akbar mm. suit and he's played, you know, he played him in the 80s in Return of the Jedi and then he came back for the previous film and this film and, um, you know, he is a legacy character, like, whether you like him or not, he is sort of a bit of an iconic uh, thing. Hey, I love Admiral Akbar. He was saying that, like, on the set when on the set when they were doing, um, like, you know, other people's last scenes, like, you know, the legacy characters would be like, and that's a wrap on you know, uh, Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia or whatever and on his last day there was kind of nothing, and he was just like, oh, okay. And then he, he walked off the set, went to his trailer, and then one of the like runners ran in and was like, oh, you need to come, you need to come now. And he was like, oh, great, this is going to be the big, like, and that's a wrap on Admiral Akbar." Um, And then they got him onto the set, and they just went up to him with a camera and were like, can you say, it's a wrap? And then he said, it's a wrap. And they all, like, laughed and then left him. And he was like, oh, there was no, like... And that's the end of this... Character, and then I think that just sums sort of, up. like the people behind the camera just don't care about yeah. you know Chewbacca or C-3PO or R2D2 Admiral Ackbar, and these are actual characters, but they're just not interested in them, and that bothers me.
0: Yeah, I mean C-3PO, fair enough. I would want more attention on him and. But, I mean, I'd really? black back Fuck off! really. <laughs> I don't care about. Three <laughs> people and R two and I Chewie like amount mean of a lot though,
1: and I'm surprised because those are your market... like if, if, from a business perspective. They're not going to age like the actors can die, and you can still put get another tall bloke in Chewbacca. That's fine. You can still <laughs> sell the Chewbacca rucksacks and R two D two mugs or whatever you need to sell. It's like the actors are not going to be you know uh, franchise you know suitable. <laughs> Um, as we saw with Carrie Fisher, forever. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I would have thought they would give them more attention. I think 3PO looks like he's going to get mm. more attention in the next film, but I guess we'll get to that later on. Because all he really does this whole film is just sort of dither about on the resistance ship and well, I, a couple I, of comedy bits, and that's I think it.
0: there's a feeling of... We don't want to just shoehorn all the old characters back in. He's knocking yeah. about is a bit of a cameo in his late part of the world, that's fine. But we've already got Luke, you've already got Leia, and Chewbacca's there. Okay, he doesn't do anything. But you had um, Han Solo and Chewbacca in the previous film. I think it's, you know, that yeah, you want it, to be it's... creating the next generation as well.
2: Exactly, exactly. It's not C three PO's story is it? Oh it's, no! It's, I, and I, the I, idea is we're ushering in these new characters and setting them up, and but they're all maybe human. Should have give. I was going to say maybe we should have a better other than BB eight, who's you know a poor man's RTD. um maybe we should have given us a good new alien to work with. Yeah, but, they have. Uh, um, ultimately, they have yeah. the
1: that minion, as Alan would say, or Sol would say. Yeah, she pops <laughs> I, up for yeah, a I'm scene, a of pointless bit of exposition. Yeah, I hate. Yeah, I hate that, but I,
2: I think that's just them saying. Mas Kanata, look here, she is just so every because everyone will be going, "Where's Mas Kanata? Where's the minion gone?" Yeah. <laughs> here she is, right? She's she's done. She's not in the film. All right, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like they're they're just dealing with it as quickly and efficiently as they can. Mm. Um, uh, and Chewbacca as well. I feel like he gets some good screen time. I I love the bit when he's eating a porg and then
1: <laughs> and then the porgs all sad about it, and he's like, "Oh, fuck off." <laughs> Let me eat a pork. Just what we're talking about legacy characters and focusing on um sort of like the resistance uh, ships. Uh Carrie Fisher as Leia, how do you feel about her?
2: Mm. She's struggling to talk? I think they missed the trick. Yeah. <laughs> about I I think they missed a very obvious opportunity to, to like to kill her off in a way that was very organic to the story, carried a lot of emotional weight. Mm. Um because ultimately what they're going to do is, is just going to feel messy, I think. They kind of have a, have a near-death experience in this film mm. and then presumably die off camera between this and the next one. It's just going to feel a bit
1: oh me- messy. No, she's back in the next one. Oh, is, oh, is she I back? Peter yep.
0: Cushing's in it, so of course she's in it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I know, but initially, I remember they said categorically we will not be digitally recreating her, and then there was some talk of using old footage, and then someone, I think, said that she was... Dead. There's there's been so much back and forth on it, and I don't really follow Star Wars news very closely. So mm. so what what's happening with her? She they is it footage they shot that's being repurposed? Yep. Or what are they doing? Yep. Exactly that okay. from uh, okay.
1: both the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi, I believe. This could have been messy. Okay. Though.
2: Yeah, but, um, but I, I mean, but the big the big plan was for her to um, die in the next film, I believe, and there, there was a whole apparently there was a whole thing written around her funeral, and, mm. and so I've so read it. it might have been bollocks. I
1: you mean, she might I, die at some point think... during the film, um, but she's going to be in it. Um, she has top billing yeah. on the poster. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, which seems fair she to never most. had it um, in the first films. Well, <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I, I think the plan really was that like each one of these entries in the, the new trilogy yeah. was going to kind yeah. of be a swan song to the original trio of characters, yeah. you know, Han Solo The Force Awakens really was focused on him mm. I'd say this is very much Luke's film and I, I think the plan was that Leia was going to be a big part of the, she ruined the, it. the final film, but yeah
0: mm.
1: fucked it. What's that about? <laughs> yeah, it's sad but, uh, yeah. So, uh,
2: one of the most controversial moments in the film is uh, that, that death scene or rather the the fact that it isn't a death scene, and we then see her kind of supermaning her way through space using the Force.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: I don't like it. Which upset people for a number of reasons.
0: Um, it upset me because I just don't like magic and fa- the Force. Is <laughs> <all that>. <laughs> <laughs> it's annoying. Mm.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it upset a lot of the more nerdy people because, like, oh, Leia being that Force sensitive, she's not even a Jedi. She oh, no, I think sake. it makes
1: perfect sense. Um, she's really? Luke's twin sister. She's descended from Anakin. I think it makes sense. What I don't like is yeah. how it's filmed. I think, like, because yeah, I'm yeah, really yeah, in the moment. Uh, and when uh, you're seeing her, I remember the first time you yeah. see, her and I see her, like, floating in space, it's like, oh, wow, this is like a goodbye to the character sort of shot. And then when she goes mm. flying through space and her dress is all frozen and stuff, and it's just like, oh, this does... I, I f- you could have filmed it in a better way i think maybe a more ambiguous yeah. way because just to have that shot like the camera panning around of her just flying it's just ridiculous
0: yeah,
2: mm. yeah I, I, I i don't have a problem with her using the force to um pull herself through space but i for me it's the fact that the vacuum of space doesn't immediately kill her it kind of pisses me off because i i know i know she's I know the force is magic and it can basically do whatever the fuck but it's just, I don't know what it is that's the line for me <laughs> like we've seen the force pull things around move them around so that the, the idea that she could like pull things around herself through the vacuum of space fine that, that's mm. fine but it's a big leap to go from that to it like sustaining her and stopping her from dying stopping her eye, eyeballs from like freezing and shattering immediately <laughs> It's, You know, I I think a human being can survive in the vacuum of space for like a matter of seconds, Mm. but I I just don't like it. I don't like it. Mm. And I'm not a big fan of the whole story arc here as well, the idea that we just kind of put Princess Leia to one side for Mm. the film just to get her out of the way to accommodate some other storytelling instead of just utilising her properly. Mm. Um,
0: But whatever. But why... Why? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, why can't Leah be the the uh, Laura Dern position? Like, why can't they just do that? Yeah. So well, I think, that's yeah, either it, because, it's... Uh, because <laughs> they obviously want Laura Dern to have the big death at the end, which I didn't like, by the way.
1: Oh, I'm, I've got opinions on that. We'll get to that later <clears throat> on. But, but
0: yeah, yeah, I think you could have Leah in that she's the commander and she won't put with Poe's bullshit. In fact, it'd probably work better because she'd just be like, Poe, look, how many times do I have to tell you, I'm in charge, just do as you're fucking told and fuck off. Which would make more sense coming from her, because they've got a bit of history.
1: The difference is that they wouldn't be able to have the fake out then with like, oh, maybe we think Laura Dern's a baddie, and then, oh no, she's actually doing good. Because I think if it was Carrie Fisher, being, you know, having been in five of the films, we trust her character, we know her, we would assume that she's going to be doing the right thing.
0: Yeah, I agree. But I don't think I got the Laura Dern might be a baddie thing. I just thought, I just got yeah, the I, I they don't... don't get on. They're building a character so poke and hates her. Mm. Rather than oh, maybe she's working for the bad guys.
2: Yeah, mm. I always took it as oh, I don't like this new uh, this new management. Yeah, exactly. Than, <laughs> yeah, yeah, when new boss comes uh, oh, in. Oh, she's a baddie. Mm. Yeah, I always took it as the sitcom episode where a new boss comes in and everyone does this like that Harry Potter movie where they get rid of Dumbledore and a and a and the, like a really uptight. To get uh, an Elder storm to- teacher thing, to- <laughs> yeah, it it just that's what I thought they were going for and initially.
0: Yeah, know. I never got the baddie yeah. thing. I'm afraid, and and it's, it would be so easy to highlight that a bit more. Mm-hmm. Just have something happen that Poe thinks it's like. I don't think we even get that from Poe that he's suspect suspicious of her. He thinks she's useless, not a not a bad guy. He thinks she's just gonna she doesn't know what she's doing and she's gonna trail them off into space mm-hmm. until the fuel runs out. Because she mm. just doesn't
1: all comment on his toxic masculinity. Mm. I don't
2: know,
0: I think it. Maybe. Get, that
1: that, that was a that. semi-joke. Yeah, That's what a lot of uh, people who um, <laughs> rally against the politics of this film say, that it's all just to, like, you know, oh, men don't know anything, and don't they disrespect women, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. the men are completely emasculated. <laughs> Luke's supposed to save the day, and even though he does in a really cool, like, moment that's all about him, Mm -hmm. it's a woman that does it. Like, a woman's really strong at the end, so it's... Yeah. Mm -hmm. This film hates men. Ryan Johnson is a misandrist.
1: Can we talk about the thing that I hate the most in this film? Uh, the women.
0: (laughs) Well, one of them. Um, Rose? uh, Can you guess what it is?
1: Is Rose, yes, you're right. I... Hate this character more than I can express in words, and I I take no pleasure in that because this poor actress gets the brunt of a bunch of horrible racist, sexist abuse just by virtue of being a a woman in a Star Wars white. film. But seriously, this character is just I hate her. We're introduced to her. Her sister is one of is the character who died on the bomber earlier on, taking down the big uh, yeah. ship at uh, Poe's request, and we're introduced to her in so. Such an awkward way. I, how it was written, I think, is appalling. Just, like, we come ac- well, across... With, her- with with Finn? Yeah, I think it's horrible, because you, you they're trying really? to play it two ways. They're trying to play it as, like, oh, she's crying, she's lost her sister, this is a really sad emotional moment. But then they're also trying to set her up as this, like, quirky fangirl with funny moments, and it's like, oh, this is all happening in the same scene, and she's still got, like, tears running down her face while they're expecting us to sort of laugh and find her all quirky and adorable. And I, ju- I just doesn't gel well. There should have been two separate scenes. Or maybe, you know, just don't even have her sister be the yeah, one
0: the, I, sacrificing herself. I, I, I know what you're saying. And I think the whole sister thing doesn't really add anything to it. It's like you're part of the rebellion. Everyone around you is dying and you're fighting for your lives. Like, that's enough motivation. Do you know? Like, you don't mm. need the personal... Like and it, it, but it never goes anywhere. It's not like oh, that's the guy mm. who killed my sister. You know, it's like it, mm. it all. It, it never even has a moment where it's like oh, Poe was the. She finds out Poe led the bombing raid when he shouldn't have, and it's like oh, you killed my mm. sister. Like something like that maybe brings something like that into the it. The
1: only thing that it really does is that she, her and her sister wear these necklaces, and later on in the film, she it, she needs to give it to Benicio del Toro, and she thinks he's going to steal it. And I suppose that it sells her contribution to the cause that she is so willing to give up her most precious item to this crook to i didn't like that scene either
0: because that scene it's like oh my god i have to give up this thing and it's like it shows how much i'm Mm -hmm. giving to the cause it's like it's a fucking necklace like it it doesn't we're talking about saving the universe and all everybody's lives like it doesn't really matter that much actually so the fact that that's considered a big sacrifice is... is mm. Yeah, I just didn't like that scene. It felt unnecessary. And then Finn's like going like, oh, give it a back, you big bully. Um, that's like, oh. <laughs>
1: Nothing these characters do in this entire film matters. Yeah, Nothing. Yeah, yeah, and, and at the end of the film, when he's actually going to do something that will matter, she stops him from doing it. It yeah, pisses me off really so him. much. <laughs> yeah. Why?
2: It's That's all by design. That's the point of the film.
1: Um I mean no, look, it's I, a hypocritical I actually... point. I can't stand her at the end when he's really jumping out here, but he's going to sacrifice himself to save the rest of them, and she stops him from doing it and comes out with some bullshit about oh, we save the things we love, we don't die for the things we hate, well, your sister sure did that, Laura Dern did that and if they didn't do it, you wouldn't and in fact, if those two characters hadn't gone off, gotten Benicio Del Toro got him on the villain ship at the end he tell, like, everyone else on the resistance ship is escaping in these pods Benicio Del Toro's character tells the First Order that they're doing that so they know to start shooting at them if they didn't take him there, they would have all just made it off and be fine, everything they do is pointless in this film they just cause yeah, it's more death. Fa-
2: it's, fa- it's failure that allows their characters to grow. Um, well, oh, I'm, I'm, otherwise they just
1: be perfect The deaths of hundreds of people, but oh, okay, yeah, we save the things we love. Great. Well, I, I, I think the idea there is that his death wouldn't
2: be this big, you know, triumphant, oh, it's saved the day. I think the idea it is was that it would actually... Well, yeah, but that's not the same thing. Uh, Death. I, I I think with I think the idea is that Finn's death's gonna be
1: quite pointless, isn't it? It's that it might no, he's blow gonna up destroy shit, the battering ram and then the um the villains won't get into the good guy base. Yeah, but she yeah, stops but him the, and they fire the battering ram and they do get in. And then Luke has to come. And anyway, we'll get on to Luke later on. But, but yeah, in the yeah. in
0: the context of the film, what he's about to do is yeah, he's sacrificing himself, but it will work. And like yeah. all through the film, people are suck- dying yeah, all over we'll the place. Buy him a few
2: minutes. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I, I'm not a big fan of of them in general. I, I really like the scene where they're introduce, uh, introduce her though. I, I like the the mixture between. Oh, she's kind of fangirling over him but then she's like kicked into gear and like being professional when she realizes what's actually going on i I think that's actually handled well personally um i couldn't care less about her sister and all that shit but you know i i I struggle to bring any emotional shits to (laughs) with regards to any of the characters in these films frankly
1: i will say though that i don't think her character grows at all over the course of the film she does not Nothing changes with her. She's purely there yeah. so that she can make, um, what's his name, Finn feel Finn, bad yeah, about yeah. like how oh, he's enjoying the casino planet, and she's like, "Oh well, oh, look at scene. the slaves down there." See, and like, this kind I, of that's
0: stuff. I hated that bit as well because it just felt so just like. Oh, here's a point I'm going to smash you in the face with. Like, don't. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. Look, look the rich get richer. 1%, we get it.
1: Oh, don't get me started on that bit on the uh, ship where Benicio del Toro has his little thing about, like, how, oh, yeah, well, you know, it's all about money, isn't it? Good, bad, it's all about everyone's grey and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, do not start talking about like the economics of this world like it's pure fantasy there is no sort of like government funding or any of this kind of stuff going on and they insist on talking about it
0: plus the problem with that the problem with putting that stuff in which i think can work in the sense of relating it to real life and going okay yeah there isn't just good and bad in this world, it is good and bad. It is There is no... Mm. I mean, you get a bit with, like, Kylo, is he going to go to the light or the dark and all that, but basically it's this really horrible Nazi well, empire no, I, 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 and I, the good I don't guys. think
2: it is good. Yeah, and the Jedi's committed mass genocide of children.
1: What? The Jedi's executed shitloads of children. No, they haven't. What, are you thinking about Anakin in Revenge of the Sith? Because by then he's, yeah. tur- he's turned then. It's... Uh... What, he, when what don't they go, Yeah, but he's a bad apple. It's not like order the jedi... 66 or yeah. something. Yeah, 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 but I mean that's the empire that's the uh mm. empire doing that and they kill I mean it's him killing jedi children.
0: And that's when he becomes oh, okay. a bad guy. Oh, yeah. so it is like how 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 do you express someone going from good to bad? Kill a load of kids, easy. There you go. Done. <laughs> that's good. All right, right. they're slave yeah. traders then. The Jedi love slaves.
1: And in this film, this film is very much about, like, I, I think that if you go into it and sort of try to find the grayness in the Star Wars world, fine. But the film ultimately comes down on the side of, like, oh, no, you are good or bad. Like, Kylo Ren at one point does turn to Rey and he's sort of like, yep, yeah, no, nah, not interested in this um, dual side thing. Let's just do our own thing. And and then she rejects that. And we'd think that that is a bad yeah. thing. I must say I'm really sad about that because when I was
2: watching it, I I so wanted Ray to turn to the dark side. I, I I would have been so in love with this film if they'd done that. Mm. Um, I I love the interplay between those two characters. I I think there's a real chemistry. I I, I love their scenes, uh, not quite together, but almost together. Um, yeah. I like the what they're exploring there and the notion that she is, like, being drawn to it, I think is quite interesting. And mm. I I really wanted to see those two teaming up and taking over the universe. Mm. I I was very disappointed when uh, it went the other way and the notion that they might even redeem Kylo in the next one or some bullshit. I don't think they will, but...
1: Um, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But but I, I agree. I think that that is one of the better bits of the film where... Uh, he He kills his uh, master, he kills Snoke, and then... Mm. Yeah, the two of them have a awesome fight sequence. I love that fight scene. That, uh, and you think, that, like, oh, yeah. wow, they're going to team up. And I would have liked it, actually, if they'd have become something else. Like, maybe mm. not, dro- you know, First Order or Resistance, but maybe they did, like, start something new. Like, I... Oh, yeah, I agree. Would have preferred that, I think it'd be more interesting. But no.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Um, just to talk about those guys, if we're moving to them a little bit, it seems. um, Yeah. One thing I really did like about. Ray's story is her parentage because obviously her yeah, parents are kind of that. abandoned her child, and it's always like it's all this things like, well, is Luke going to be a father or something? Like that's going to be a thing. I was like, obviously she's yeah, got she's yeah, yeah, got yeah. the force and all that, and it's just like, no, your parents are nobodies. I love that, mm. and I did I, I didn't I, get the impact yeah. of that on the second watch of us because I knew it already, but I did I really liked that in the thing because it is kind of deconstructing those uh, those things and and how oh, everyone's I, can.
2: I loved it. I, I I got more out of it on the second viewing. Honestly, the first time it was a bit like, "Oh, did I miss something?" It kind of took me a second to process it in on the first viewing. Whereas, I yeah, I just I love it. I for me, I think that's every bit as as uh, wonderful a moment as as Luke finding out that he's Darth Vader's son. You know, it's mm. it's it's that same level of of. Um, Rug pull on and subverting expectations, and it what it actually says—the the the meaning behind that is so significant. I think the 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 deconstruction of the hero's journey, the the uh, the, the dismissal of the notion that uh, of dynasties and the idea that you have mm. to come from some some lineage to be someone is just thrown out the window. It's like no, we're all we're all as valid as anyone and and we can all make something of ourselves and do good for the world and have a cha- impact on the world and i just i loved it i i love that as a as a as a concept and and a a twist mm, and i, I think agree, it's a actually. very bold yeah. bold swing for a, a franchise film of this scale um and i really really hope that jj J. abrams doesn't undermine that by going
1: actually <laughs> My my big problem with this film really is I think it's a tonal thing. The Force Awakens I I like it and I like I understand that it is a remake of A New Hope and they just do all the things you've done you've seen before and all that kind of stuff. But still, I, it's exciting. It's light hearted. I like the film a lot. Whereas this film is so obsessed with deconstructing everything about Star Wars and uh, all the meta stuff about like you know burn it to the ground, burn those Jedi books. You don't need them. Like. You need to destroy the past and then carry on with the future and stuff. It just feels so nihilistic and uh, navel gazy, I suppose. Um <sighs> and it it makes it it gives it gives the uh the films together like back to back. It's a very jarring viewing, I think. I just don't know what the overall plan is. I don't feel like there is one. I, I honestly
2: I think there is more of an overarching plan than perhaps people certainly at the time, I think there was this real notion that J.J. Abrams did what he did, Ryan Johnson came in, did what he did, they weren't talking or anything. Um, I've since found out, like, uh, chunks of this film were filmed by J.J. Abrams, weren't they? I'm pretty sure bits Uh. of the Luke stuff with Ray were filmed back when they were doing The Force Awakens. Like, they obviously... I I I don't know, I I do think maybe there was a bit more communication going on and, and an idea of oh yeah nice idea and obviously they i i think what it is is they approach these things very differently as film
0: well actors. let's not and i think that's perhaps what let's not pretend that people are able to approach their star wars film as a, auteur it's you know you've still got your the producers are there the checking well, everything you're doing you've still got the calvin dyson figure I, on your shoulder saying <laughs> i don't like that character I, well i i
2: <laughs> Well, yeah, but Kathleen Kennedy is is the the author then arguably behind this franchise. But what I really love with this film is that it it does feel like an auteur Star Wars film in a way yeah. that none of the other core movies do. In fact, mm-hmm. this is the only Star Wars like movie. It. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the only core Star Wars movie that I would say feels like a work of art rather
1: than a lunchbox or a backpack. Yeah. It's it's. I agree to an extent, but me as an audience member, like, when I go and see a film and you're telling me, like, oh, yeah, this Snoke guy, he's important. Oh, yeah, this this stuff is important. These Knights of Ren, all this kind of stuff. And then someone else can just come in and throw it all out and be like, ah, no, it does not matter, actually. Um, this is what matters now. That's, I, I, like, what do I engage with then? Because, fuck, I don't care anymore. It's like, if the, the filmmakers are just going oh, to come in and throw the what Wolf. they don't like. <laughs> but the, But with... <laughs> But with Snoke, again, I mean, I've said this before, but I,
2: I don't understand why it's on this film to explain who Snoke is. I no, don't but know it why. They're,
1: they're, it, it, but but it, they're, maybe they're, it would be the next one. Um, I, I mean, well, exactly, they, but the next film might explain who he is. Well, they've already killed him off. Yeah, but they
2: they could have flashbacks. They could have mm. all sorts of dialogue. That felt activities. like they we don't care Snoke's about the dad when you're moving
0: on kind of death.
2: Well, yes, I I thought Snoke was a terrible character, and I hated him, and I'm glad they killed him off. But I don't think it's a problem. If you want to know who he is, if there's appetite for that, they'll probably make a Snoke prequel movie. Like it, 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 this is. <laughs> like there's there's all sorts of time and an opportunity to do that they they're making fucking every conceivable character's basically going to get a spin-off at some point the way it's going well, i you don't know, know about it,
1: that because of this film and solo they really had to rethink the whole strategy for these this franchise um, but but then, you know, even yeah, f- fair enough, Snoke wasn't the most engaging thing about The Force Awakens, but then, you know what, why don't you make him engaging instead of well, just killing him off? I think
2: they do. I, I think he becomes far more engaging in this film. Uh, what we get of him is far... I don't know if it's just Andy Serkis being allowed to chew the scenery a bit, but... I find him very engaging in this film and I don't, I hate him in The Force Awakens and <laughs> well, I think well, it's just down to performance, I mean, honestly.
0: What he represents in this film and what he is is he's the, the leash on Kylo Ren and he yeah. escapes the leash and, and now he can be whatever he that. wants to be. So the, the death is still yeah. significant even though we don't know anything about him. All we know is that he was the the uh, the weight being exerted onto him and now it's not there anymore.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and, and that's exactly what I mean about this film kind of casting off the shackles of Star Wars to to be allowed to do its own thing. And it's not it's not dismissive. I don't think. I think it comes from a real place of love. It's it's letting Star Wars die so that it can rest in peace, and that they can continue to build upon it rather than exhuming the corpse of Star Wars and giving us this kind of zombified. Mm-hmm reanimated Star Wars that we don't want. It's um
1: Well, this is this is a broader question that I think you bring up and I think it cuz I I very much agree with everything you say like I want the film to make bold choices. I don't necessarily want three, you know, different Force Awakens in this sequel trilogy. I just don't like the bold choices that they make, and it, it feels um, mm. lazy, quite frankly, to just kill off a character rather than invest in But I do think your point about, like, yeah, this film is, but like, killing it. It's, you know, we're looking at the autopsy <laughs> report of the, of the franchise, and then the plan is to build on it from there, but then it, it... Just, like, an existential question about the franchise is what is it if it's not what has come before? Because I think this film really did... Pinpoint for me, what I like about it is I like these three humans, these two robots, and this Wookiee going around the galaxy and having these amazing adventures. And those first three films are really the only thing that I genuinely love about this franchise. And now you're saying that it's not that, it's something else. We're not going to tell you exactly what it is here. We're going to leave that for the next one. And that's, you know, it it did make me question, like, do I really want... Can this universe, can this uh, franchise be what, like, Marvel is... Because it no. was it was never designed as that. I mean, you know, Marvel yeah. Comics. It's it feels more built into the DNA. Mm. These films, the oh, thi- yeah. the things that everyone likes, are those first three films. And now that we can't have those original mm. characters in it much anymore, we just have these people that we don't like, and who are just sort of rip rip offs of those three characters. So, yeah, what's the point? Um, we've gone a bit yeah c- quite broad on this. Uh, I wonder if we
0: can because we haven't talked about Luke. Mm-hmm. At all, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, well, that
2: a... that is the strength of this film for me. I, I. Yeah, I, I think, love Luke. In I think film. I agree with
0: that. I think his character and the whole arc is probably the best thing mm. in the film. Yeah.
2: And and again, you know, I, I've spoken about this many times on this show now, but I I have a real thing for examining characters in old age after their mm. arc is complete. And I I love it here. I just I love old Luke. Uh, mm. I I recently um, had to put together a list of my. Uh, I think it was top five Star Wars characters for for a mag, yeah, for a magazine I write for. They um, asked they, you? They're they're, they're they're getting all their writers to do their Star Wars, and I don't think they were happy with me. It was like number one Droopy McCool, number two, <laughs> number two Carrie Fisher's dog from that uh, scene where a dog was on set. <laughs> but but realistically, like. All joking aside, I think my favourite actual Star Wars character is old Luke Skywalker. If you want mm. to make a distinction between him and the young Luke, I, I think there is depth to him here. And I, mm. I think he is an interesting oh, yeah. character. He and there's shit. an interesting journey. <laughs> I, mm. I love him. And and I like Mark Hamill. And I think Mark Hamill's far more compelling and interesting with his old man voice than he is with, <laughs> Hey, I'm Luke Skywalker. Nice to meet you.
0: Well, that's the um, thing about original young Luke Skywalker. He is just a simple country boy, isn't he? Like that's the whole point. Yeah. He's a farm boy, yeah. mm. and like now he's got some depth and something interesting to him.
1: Yeah, mm. yeah, mm. yeah.
0: No, no, I'm not going
1: to disagree. I think he, I think he, yeah, brilliant performance, and um, for what they do with his character, and obviously Mark Hamill has gone on record as saying that he's not very pleased with how they wrote him. I, I think it actually works very nicely. Um, it's a shame that he shares most of his scenes with Daisy Ridley. Yeah <laughs> Did, didn't didn't he say he didn't
2: he was initially unhappy with the direction but then was all right with it when they actually like put it together wasn't that his thing or well I, I'm um, not
1: you, you never know how much of that was like could you try to be a Damage bit more control. positive about the film <laughs> yeah. for marketing purposes Mark yeah uh, they, I mean yeah. I, I
2: I don't know with him like Mark Mark Hamill less we forget is a man who who wanted Luke Skywalker to to have an evil twin and all sorts of things. I don't. He's not a writer, mm. is he? He's, um, no. No. But that, that yeah, I thought that doesn't sound
0: like that out of place for a Star Wars universe. Like, well, the, exactly. The good but one, that, the bad one. He probably wears a black hat.
2: Yeah, but that go but to well. Well, he has an evil twin in the books, didn't he? I think that's where the idea came from. He's got an evil twin, Luke. Called, that was it, Luke.
1: L O O. K E I think it was <laughs>
2: But <laughs> Um I, I just think it's far more interesting. You you pick up the mantle with him, he's given up, he's lost his faith, he he has it reignited for a number of reasons. He he you know, he, he learns to kind of Get over himself. Yoda pops up and and oh, I love that bit. I, yeah, yeah, I, really I love does. that scene, and I, I love everything about all all they're they're doing there. Other than the fact that Yoda Yoda's a bit awkward, but even that I'm all right with because you know oh yeah I'd rather have that than a CGI yeah. shit Yoda. Um, yeah, and then uh, I don't know if it's time to talk about the big finale, but I I think Luke's swan song, the the big battle at the end, I I think is. Downright incredible, personally. I, I, I think it's fun. I wish it had more
1: of a purpose.
2: Oh god, I love it. It, it, it. He's, he's, you know, he he lets them get away, doesn't he? It's this big sacrificial moment. He's he's come out the other side yeah. of his
1: character arc, where he's, you know. Well, if they'd have let Finn sacrifice himself, yeah. maybe they would have bought
0: the extra time. <laughs> I know what you mean, though. It is. It does feel like this. This big ending moment for this character that's been around for four decades, and it's like, so they can sneak out the back. It's, yeah, it just doesn't <laughs> feel quite enough, does it? <laughs> but yeah. I think it's a more important moment for, for Kylo Ren, obviously, yeah. that, that but that's that He
2: Exactly. I, I love what it allows the other characters to do. It sets the, the stage for he, he's passing the mantle. He's not saving the day. He's passing the torch to, to new young blood that are going to save the day. Um, yeah. He's he's inspiring hope. He's he's doing everything that he was supposed to do, and he's doing it. I, I've seen complaints about the the pacifistic nature in which he does it. The fact that he doesn't just um, grab a laser sword and single handedly take on the Empire, as I I believe the quote is. Um, yeah, and that would be very poor. And uh, I I love it. And you know, lest we forget the the original trilogy, he. He saves the day, if I remember correctly, in a similarly pacifistic manner. I don't believe he kills anyone, does he? It's he. He chooses not to strike down he's, Vader. He's, the, in, he's in... good. He's light as opposed to dark. That's the whole point. Isn't exactly. It? And I, I just, mm. I love all of that. I love the way it's filmed. I love the actual, you know, choreography of the action. Um, I love all of the stuff they're doing with you know him being slightly younger in appearance and the way his feet aren't quite interacting with the salt, whereas Kylo Ren's are all the little things like that. Mm. I just think it's a beautifully constructed sequence from a from a technical point of view
0: mm. i li- I like the you know the, the 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 juxtaposition of this kind of fiery passion and anger and hate of kylo ren and it's very calm mm. collected mm. because he yeah. knows what he's doing he's uh, whereas the other one's just a ball of fury and it and, yeah. and it's therefore it's kind of unfocused yeah. but that's um, it he's
2: literally meditative and i i think that's very the correct thing for a,
1: a jedi master to be i i love it finn and rose though god they really irritate me
0: i know i know yeah finn feels like he not going anywhere. They have this whole that whole thing with Gwendoline Christie as the the oh, tall, God, yeah. tall silver trooper, and uh, that as if that was some big moment. I was like, what, what's happening? Who are these? Mm. I don't know. It just meant mm. nothing to me.
1: Well, that was something else that felt like a thread that was picked up from the last one, and then was just like, ah, it doesn't really matter. We'll just kill her off, and because she was like one of the big marketing, you know, points of the previous film, like that character. Mm.
0: But I also feel like the whole thing with Finn needs to go somewhere. The fact that he was, like, in terms of this good and evil thing, raised in evil, like, literally kind of generated in that world, but has turned. Is he supposed to be this kind of signifier that, well, you know, we don't have to destroy the Empire, we don't have to kill everyone, we just have to come to talk them onto us, our, our side sort of thing. Like, mm-hmm. the rank and file, the troopers, might just turn. You know, mm-hmm. your leaders, yeah, you got to... You've gotta deal with them, but in the same way, if you're gonna compare them to Nazis, you know all just these young German kids who were brought up with in the Nazi youth and then sent off to war. it's not like they were evil all evil people it was just just a war you know if but that feels like that's not going anywhere, and it's just. Oh well, he knows where the toilets are on the on the ship. So. <laughs> well, yeah. it's,
1: it's a level of grayness that they just don't want to go near because it feels like some of those. It feel, felt felt like that was a decision that was made, and it was like, oh yeah, this is going to be really cool um, to have a character who was yeah. a stormtrooper and now he's broken rank. Yeah, but yeah. I, that implies that out of all of these hundreds of stormtroopers, like you're saying that that you know they do have free will, that they're not all like completely embedded in this cause. And yet we're still supposed to relish, like, I mean, that was more of a problem in The Force Awakens, I felt, where you see him, yeah. like, killing his, like, former colleagues, and you think, like, could he not just reach out? and like, well, oh, that's no, it, and it's n- we've not
0: even had, I can't remember The Force Awakens that well, but have we even had much with him in terms of doubts. Like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have left, or what? am I doing the right thing? No. What does my mum think?
1: No, none of that. So it's, it's a complete waste. I think it's it's the kind of thing that is good in concept, but I... I mean, they just kind of rushed into The Force Awakens even, didn't they? As soon as they got the rights, it was just like, right, how quickly can we get a film out? Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. I I just want to say as well, talking
2: about the characters and what I've said a few times that this film made characters work for me who didn't work for me at all in The Force Awakens. I, I love Kylo Ren in this film. I hated him in The Force Awakens. I just thought he was a completely tonally all over the place comedic but I don't know how much of it is on purpose sort of joke in The Force Awakens but I think he's a very compelling interesting character here who makes proper use of Adam Driver's capacity as an actor Um, Mm. I I just think he's very interesting and this film, for pretty much all of its
1: cast, makes me far more interested to see what happens to them in the next one by the time they're all flying off on the Millennium Falcon at the end, I like Chewbacca, I like Princess Leia, I like C-3PO, R2-D2, and all the new ones I can't stand after this <laughs> film. Um, I Like, Finn, I wished he died. I think that would have been... Uh, and Not not because I disliked his character, but it just felt like, okay, yeah, no, this is a good thing for him to do. I'm ready for this. And then Rose comes in, and and Poe spends the film just being an arrogant dickhead, and I don't even feel like he really... <laughs> Yeah, the the lesson that he comes out with, I don't know if it was worth it. But and and rage is just perfect and can do everything without practicing. It's really irritating.
0: Um, Can we talk a bit more about the Laura Dern character? Oh, sure. This is probably my least favorite bit of the entire film. (laughs) Not her performance or anything, but there's a bit where just my frustration at the whole storyline. There's a bit where Poe like says to her like. Just tell us what the plan is. Give us give these people some hope. And I, I can't remember exactly what she says, but basically she says, well, you know, hope is only useful if it's blind. Like what? Like if I tell if I tell you what we're doing, that doesn't count? Or something. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you talking yeah. about? Just tell them what you're doing. It's not even like it needs to be a secret, because or I'll, I'll just put in a di- line of dialogue somewhere where she's like. Don't tell anyone about the plan because there might be a a mole (laughs) on the ship, you know? Like, we don't know who's sending information. The walls can hear everything, you know? But, Um, like, give me one line to explain that. Anyway, so... I I, I always took it as just,
2: who the fuck are you to be demanding this from me? Like, let me do my job and
0: stop questioning it. He's someone who's in fear of his life. Uh, that's who he is, and and, I know, and she's just on a lead... human level, she should be able Look, to say, "Look, don't worry, I'm I'm on top of this." I remember Plus, when
2: so he... I I remember when I started watching Star Trek: The Next Generation, and I was complaining about how much of a dick Captain Picard was, and you were like, "He's a fucking spaceship captain! He's telling him to fall in line," and you were really defensive <laughs> of him being a dick in those earlier episodes when it was like relevant well, uh, to his job. And I think it's the same thing here. It's like she's not got time for this. This
0: guy who who who's, should be But it's in line. it's it's, it's, it's never expressed say. like that. She really specifically takes the time out to dismiss him like and belittle mm. him. And it And he's we, a commander. Yeah, <laughs> like, and he's it's like very he important. He just person. led the troops into the the a major battle. All right, he fucked it up. But the point is that he did that. He's obviously he's not just the guy who mops the floors, you know? Mm. Plus he's yeah, the guy I mean, I'm not who a, has a, who has enough really, really. love from all the troops that he can uh, Commander Mutiny. That's why it's important to keep him on time. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so the other thing I hate about that character is that, you know, someone has to stay on the ship. Oh. Uh, we don't yeah. know why. Why you can't just leave the keys in and, and let it go. Yeah, but, and, then, and,
2: they, and they, don't put, they don't just make C-3PO do it.
0: Yeah. What's that about? Yeah, so we need someone to stay on the ship. That should probably be the highest-ranking person here, who is presumably has expertise and knowledge that we we will find useful in future. <laughs>
2: no, captain always that's goes down a with the ship, don't they, Alan? That's that's the rule. <laughs> but well, it's from old maritime law, maritime law. But this film's <laughs> set in the past, so they were the ones setting that rule in motion.
0: So, but but it does it does feel like that is the purpose of that is like well the captain goes down the ship. It's like well. Why isn't Leah doing it then? She's awake now. Let her do it. Yeah, just, 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 just dump the coma body on the ship. They all do an escape.
2: Leave leave Leah there before she wakes up.
0: She's got a foot strapped to the accelerator pedal.
1: <laughs> well, this is it. Because it's like, yeah, what does she do? Because whenever they cut to her, she's on the bridge of the ship and she's just sort of standing, watching. That's yeah, about it. It's not
0: like she serves any purpose. And obviously the point, the reason she's there really in terms of the film is so that she can do this big... Turn around and, and blast through the ship thing, which is like which is really cool. That's a really great plan, actually. That, that Why didn't really we just cool. do that anyway? You know, yeah. okay, yes, you sacrifice one person. Apparently, that's all it takes to run a, a spaceship into light speed. It's just a one. Per- you just hit that button. You know, it's not like you have a load of engineers doing it.
2: <laughs> when I saw this in uh, in the cinema, there's obviously that that deadly silence at that moment, and a guy audibly at the back just went, "Wow." Everyone, <laughs> everyone started laughing at him. Like, it was completely <laughs> sincere. And everyone just started laughing at him.
0: It really ruined the moment. <laughs> yeah, it really did.
2: Um, but, yeah, you, you would think if, if the ship can do that, you'd think they'd build rockets with the same propulsion systems on them or something. Mm. So they could just shoot stuff at ships
0: that do that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Mm. I, I The only thing I think of that i haven't mentioned that i really liked was in that last act bit where you know they're having the big fight and uh, luke and all that bit mm. i liked the, what they did with that red ground covered in salt and oh, so I was creating it. these yeah. red plumes and stuff i just thought that was really nice mm. visual and, and made it a little yeah. bit different made it i love it
2: so much i don't even mind the awkward dialogue that's like salt. oh it's salt on the floor by the way <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it? Okay, it's not snow, alright. It, it doesn't I, matter. I won't, put my, I won't put my really fluffy socks on then, it's fine.
0: <laughs> I, I I thought it was just sand or something with red. I, I just, it's an alien planet, I, I don't need to know what it is, it's, it's alright.
1: It is weird that they have that, because it is a guy who just like, tastes it and then goes, salt, <laughs> and then the guy next to him sort of... Gives him a look, but it's not... I don't know if it's supposed to be funny or, or what, but they linger on it, and it's weird. He's yeah, like, why,
2: why are you tasting the ground? Why do, how do you not know this planet's made out of salt? That's like day one of training. You should know that. Why are you telling me it's salt? Of course I know it's salt, you idiot. I um, I, I, I want to say, sort of off the back of that, I, I think the cinematography in this film and the art direction, just the visuals in general, are... Uh, astonishing and a, yeah. a a level beyond uh, what we've had in previous Star Wars films personally for me I, I just think there's far more embracing the kind of painting a picture side of filmmaking mm. the, the other Star Wars films are like oh we'll make it look like it would look if it was real whereas this is like how can we stage something that just looks stunning on camera um, mm. and I, I, I think it's beautiful film um, I love the porgs. I love them. Ugh. Oh,
1: really? Why? They're fine. They're great. Yeah. I think
2: they're cute. I think they're funny. I think they're perfectly in keeping with Star Wars. I like that the franchise isn't ashamed to embrace the kind of silly toy things from the past. And I like that they were a practical uh, filmmaking response to a problem as well. I love that about them. You, you know, are you aware of that with the puffins on the island where they were filming?
1: No, no.
2: Oh, okay um, The island where they were filming There's just loads of native puffins And they, they had this problem where they were like Look, these puffins keep getting into shot We basically it's... can't do so anything about it So they hired someone to smash them all so... in the back <laughs> 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 I, and I, I think there was actually something Like they weren't allowed to move them Because of them being like A precious animal or something, or something. So their, their response was Look, just put a CGI puffin over the top of it It's fine <laughs> And I think I think that's a really nice way of dealing with that problem. It, it's just it's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah,
0: well, I w- just on the interest of that, is is Ryan Johnson like a, an animal rights guy? Because like, <laughs> there's a definite kind of like don't eat the animals, they're too cute thing with Chewbacca, and then the whole mm-hmm. like horse racing this is cruel thing as well. It seemed like um, very weird, yeah. a very overt kind of like hey I love the animals kind of thing is that just the director's influence or what It's just that's just liberal
2: Hollywood these days everyone's vegan <laughs> is it uh, <laughs> Is that why they all eat quinoa at the end Well that's why that's why Luke <laughs> drinks blue milk straight from that thing's teat but <laughs> he do, that's He does when not still, yeah. He does that's not drink it straight th-
0: from the teat and believe me <laughs> it would have been better if he <laughs> did
2: <laughs> <laughs> But that's but that's him at his low point isn't it and then at the end when he when he uh, when he goes good he's helping those diamond foxes escape because he's become one with the animals one with nature the force is of <laughs> course the the relationship of of all energies shared from from all beings in the universe um i i don't know i i just took the chewy eating a pork chewy chewing on a pork i thought was just a really funny joke because it was just like yeah they eat them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um shall we should we wrap up give our ratings yeah i guess so
0: well, um, on our previous little review, I gave it a six out of ten, and I was definitely working towards going lower than that. If anything, like I was thinking, like okay, I'll give it a six. That sounds fair. Then that whole thing with Rose and and Finn happened, like where she stops him from going to the Canada, and that was really the turning point for me. I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. Did
2: you just just quickly though, you you gave the Force Awakens an eight, right? From what I remember, I gave it a, or seven. It a seven, a seven. Okay. Yeah. So if you if you if you lower this down, that's fine. But it is incredibly hypocritical with everything <laughs> you say about cinema.
0: <laughs> in, well,
2: in the hundred and eighty-plus episodes of this podcast,
0: I can't remember anything about the Force Awakens, so I can't really justify what I said about that. But yeah, this. I basically I decided to keep it as a six. Um, okay. On the basis that, you know, that was my original response. I, seeing it in the cinema, I'd just seen the previous film, the context was a lot clearer for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately, I think it delivers on what it's trying to do. I'm, it's just not really my sort of thing. So I don't want to do too harshly. So anyway, I've decided to stick with the six. So that's where I'm going.
1: I, I actually agree with you on that. I think it delivers what it sets out to do, but it's I just don't like it. I, I really don't enjoy the experience watching this film, and I've seen it several times now, it, it's, yeah, there's just so much with it that just feels futile or pointless, or, I think Ryan Johnson would probably be a really good, like, screenwriting lecturer, but, <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know, there's just something Ouch. about, it yeah, I don't know, he, it goes a bit too meta in places, I think, and it's so obsessed with dissecting what had come before and telling you, oh, why do you care about that? You should care about that. You should look towards the future, but it doesn't really give you anything tangible to latch onto for that. And then I just think it's hilarious that JJ Abrams is coming in to do the next one, so it's just yeah. going to be this weird outlier. Yeah. Last time I've just looked it up, I gave it a five out of ten, and I'm going to go down from that to a four. Ooh. Ooh. Ouch. I think it's probably the worst Star Wars film of the main episodic saga. Mm.
2: Well, I mean, I, I, I'm i not going back on what I
1: said last time,
2: which is that this is by far and away my favourite Star Wars film. Um, because this is, you know, this is an altered Star Wars film, and it's actually... I think it's the first Star Wars movie that's actually about something. Uh it actually has subtext. It's not just a gung-ho swashbuckling adventure. It's it's sort of trying to say something and that you know it's it's flawed. It's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I I have such respect for the fact that they allowed this film to be made within the confines of, you know, the mouse house. Uh and Lucasfilm, and and all that shit. Um, And I do think that time will be quite kind to this one. I I think it does depend what comes next with episode nine, but I I do think this film's going to sit quite nicely within the trilogy as it stands, and I think it'll be more clear what the point of it all was. Um, I really do just want to give it credit for for being as bold and, and brash and, and unapologetically so as it is, so I'm, I'm bumping my 7 out of 10 up to an 8. Um, mm. Mm, so yeah. I think that means well, we end up at the same score. rating we had last time.
0: It does, but even more uh, disagreement. <laughs> 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 Can I ask, guys? Um, do you think the Star Wars universe would lend itself to a TV series in the same way that, say, a Star Trek does, um, mm, or a do Galactica, For example, what well, do you mean thinking, in the same I, way? I was just thinking in terms of maybe like a Deep Space Nine. You know, if you're familiar really with that show, particularly yeah, yeah. Star Trek Deep Space Nine, but like it's like just one, one like base out in the kind of middle of nowhere. And so things co- the, you got your central character, but then someone comes in one week and this happens. There's a there's a bigger story world of a war going on and, and all that sort of stuff.
2: See, when you started talking, I thought you were intentionally referencing The Mandalorian, which just started airing like two weeks ago. Yeah. But oh, as I you no carried Sorry, on, I, I realised I was talking to <laughs> uh, Alan. and he's I have just, no idea what's
0: going on. The Star Wars.
2: He's, well. he's the cinematic <laughs> he ostrich. He might be
1: referring to. Star Wars the Clone Wars or Star Wars Rebels, <laughs> the other TV shows? I
2: I don't think Star Wars would lend itself to a Star Trek esque television series. I think it would lend itself to TV. Uh it sound I haven't watched The Mandalorian, but it sounds like they've figured out a way to do it in a way that's appealing to to the fans. Um Calvin, I, I assume you probably are watching The Mandalorian. No, no, Disney Plus doesn't launch here until March. Disney's already started spoiling it online, the fuckers. Like, it doesn't launch it till March, we can't watch it, and they're already going on about fucking Baby Yoda. What's that about?
1: Oh, I know, it's really annoying, isn't it? It's, yeah. Yeah, I I, I don't know, I think think TV
2: makes sense. You can do anything in TV. I, I think you're more free to play around and do what you want with TV, and people won't be as upset with you if you... But you know.
0: well, it's it's just because, uh, like it, in the film, it's like right, we got to have a space battle, you got to have this big moment here, you got. To have this, whereas on TV, it's more episodic, and and you can kind of have these long form storylines and things. Uh, I, I'm thinking of Star Trek stuff specifically that I used mm. to watch, and I think I'm thinking of Deep Space Nine basically because that was a wide world of this war that was. You know, and 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 they were just sort of yeah. in the middle of it, and it was this little central hub where people had to come. And, I guess you're and right. It, it, I, just I with, the, think with the rebels and the war, and the like, you you do a, you set it with within like the resistance forces or something. And yeah, like, yeah. The, you, Have you seen the, the Star
1: Wars TV show, Star
0: Wars Resistance? <laughs> no, no. All these things exist, then I guess, but the fact that yeah. I haven't even heard of them, never mind where the details, suggest they're not that big. Yeah, well... They're all, like, animated. Yeah. Ah, well, yeah. Count,
1: not count, really
2: it? I... All. I, um... Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I, I When you sort of said, like, Star Trek, I, I always think of those things being big, sci-fi concept-driven shows. But you're right, Deep Space Nine, sometimes it was, but sometimes it was more about, oh, we've captured a prisoner of war and we're going to interrogate them and, yeah, you know, and trade all this and stuff. stuff. Yeah, so maybe that... I mean, George Lucas probably should have Still <laughs> been involved back then, and he could have done all his trade deals and mm. sector embargo negotiations and all this shit, and it, it would have been riveting. Um, he could have Double just done aliens
0: based on racist stereotypes. Oh, he'd love <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> um,
2: I mean, I, I take it, Calvin, you're very up to date on the future of Star Wars, uh, namely episode nine, but everything else mm. as well. I did watch a trailer for episode nine. I don't think I've seen the most recent mm. one. Uh, I, I, I hear the Emperor's back, and that's a big thing. Yeah. Because he died, didn't he? Um,
1: yes. Well, he... they're just sort of scrambling for things that are still alive that they can mm. shove in here uh, that reminds you of. So it looks like they go to the wreckage of the Death Star from... Oh. Um, Episode 6, maybe, and the Emperor's living there or something. C-3PO comes along for the adventure, um, and there was a bit of an emotional moment in one of the most recent trailers where it sort of makes out that he's going to go and die or sacrifice himself or something, which I guess, considering what they've got left, if they want to have some kind of emotional punch linked to something from that original trilogy, he would be the one to Is R2-D2 do still alive? Yeah, he's in um, Last Jedi, but he's just um, hardly in it. I think I think what'll happen is C3PO will
2: try to sacrifice himself and then R2D2 will like ram him out of the way.
1: What do you and mean <laughs> I should die for the things I live for the things I love whatever?
2: I mean, are you looking forward to it? I I am really quite indifferent honestly. When I heard they were just bringing back JJ Abrams, it was like, ah uh, and I don't well, think he's going to wipe the slate clean again. I don't think he's going to undo everything. But I just don't mm. think much of him as a filmmaker and an artist. I, I just don't really... I don't think I'm very interested in what he plans to do with it. And
1: mm. uh, No, I don't think he's going to erase everything what Ryan Johnson did. Um, uh, I don't know if he's the one that I want sort of tying up this whole thing because i mean whatever my faults are with last jedi i was at least excited for it because ryan johnson is an interesting director who was going to come in and do something really different and he did whereas jj abrams i know is a safe pair of hands who will probably deliver something that is okay but not groundbreaking in any way yeah and uh, i just i think the middle chapter
2: is the one where you can play about a bit so I kind of mm. get how they've done that, and Colin Trevorrow was, of course, going to do episode nine at one point, and mm. he's a, he's a similarly safe pair of hands, hired gun, uh, director, yeah. more or less. Um, mm. It's it's just a shame they couldn't, you know, get Brad Bird or someone in like that, who's also yeah. quite a safe pair of hands, but one with a bit of of personality, a bit of spark. Do you, do you have any idea? What do you think they'll do with episodes 10, 11, 12? Do you think such things will even happen? I, I think well, it's inevitable that they'll do something like that.
1: Well, I think they're going to have to do a good degree of soul searching, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think this. It might and that take is what a while. they're doing. Like after The Last Jedi, and particularly Solo, which only came out a few months afterwards and mm. flopped, for lack of a better word. And the fan reception to The Last Jedi is very polarizing and quite yeah. toxic. So, they just, I mean, there was, I think they've announced there's going to be an Obi-Wan TV series now. Oh, yeah, I think I'm excited the, for that. Con, the consa- I mean, I think the general um, rumor mill that was going around mm. was that that was going to be a film, and they were going to keep on doing these Star Wars stories, but the lid looks to be put on that. I think they've realized that Star Wars films are proper event cinema. Yeah. And you can't just churn out two a year and yeah. people, yeah. you know, it's gonna make a billion dollars. But that's I think that's
2: perhaps why the future lies in TV. I, I think you can do multiple T V shows at once and people will lap it up and it mm. won't diminish the brand in, in any real way and do a film once every three years or something and
1: it's a big event. Mm. But uh, Ryan Johnson's apparently going to be doing a well, trilogy. Yeah, yeah, and apparently
2: his—I uh, know a lot of people were saying, "Oh, his will get cancelled, but from what I hear, he's still, you know, working on it and moving ahead with it. And mm. I, I'm quite excited for that. I like that. I think, I think that'll be good. Uh, and John Favreau. John Favreau just what? said the other day that he is like genuinely. I think people thought he was joking, but he's like doubled down on it, and he does seem to be sincere that he wants to do a new Star Wars holiday special, which I'm all huh. for. Um, mm. I'd, I'd love to. See I that think they uh, they brought in Kevin Feige, didn't they, to give some. Oh, you're advice. right. They did. I think they brought him in to uh, do his own Star Wars movie, didn't they? To like produce his own Star Wars movie.
1: Um, I mean, it's quite a big deal when you think, like, they're going to have to figure out what they do with this series now that they're not going to have, like, you know, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Princess Leia. Um, Because they could kind of coast along on that goodwill mm, for a while, whereas now, I mean, they killed them all off, or Princess Carrie is dead in real life. Mm. So, um, it's going to be tricky, and I don't know if the best way to address that is to just, like, oh, we're going to go straight into a trilogy... Maybe it is better just to make one off films and then see what sticks. I don't know. Yeah. I... But I, I do I think it's inevitable that we'll get
2: there eventually. Um, you know, there was a time where people legitimately said episodes seven, eight, nine were never gonna happen and mm. it it did kind of feel like maybe they wouldn't and times change. Well, it
1: depends where they end up. I mean, what do you pick it up with mm. after nine? Like well, yeah, but I mean, what, you
2: know, you could say the same about The Force Awakens, surely, you know, what, what you... Well,
1: no Well, you had Han and Leia and Luke and Chewie and those are the things that people wanted to see again, and then you use that as your gateway into new yeah. characters. I don't know if the new characters are ever going to be as iconic as that, but that's for time to tell. I mean, it has been like, what, 30 odd years. I don't think they're going to be as iconic,
2: but I think audiences will turn out just to see Finn and Rey and Poe and... These Good guys. Them. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not sure I'll be massively into it, but I think, I think people will come out and look at, you know, watch those movies.
1: Mm. Well, there we go. That was an interesting one. I would have thought there'd be a Star Wars film where Saul would be giving the highest rating? I'd be giving the lowest, and Alan would be somewhere in the middle. Actually, no, that part we always knew. The world's gone upside down. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: It'll be James Bond next, won't it, Calvin?
1: Yeah, we'll we'll get to living daylights and you'll yeah. we'll be like, Oh, this is the Quantum best one, of man. Solace.
2: I love the <laughs> realism of picking up immediately at the end of the previous film. <laughs> Calvin, when are you back? Back. Next week. No you're not. When are you back? Uh oh, oh on oh, the Oh you are, you are back next yes. week. Yeah, you are. Sorry. You are about next oh, week. Oh am I? What yeah. what are we doing next week? Uh it's Christmas.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh what are we what are we
2: looking at? Uh oh, um it's it's home alone. That's that's officially
0: locked in now. Voted home for alone. by the Patreons. get what you deserve.
1: I got a bad feeling about this <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening, and if you've enjoyed us talking about Star Wars, then you should really check out our back catalogue because we've covered the entire saga and all the offshoots. We even did those Ewok films. Yes, both of them. Go to dimreturns.com for all our older episodes. In the meantime, please do engage with us. We are at DimReturnsPod on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, you could always go and rate us on iTunes and help spread the show. Thank you very much and we'll see you next week.